Hey there, you've pressed play on the world's top podcast for track and field coaches. Welcome to the Gill Athletics Track and Field Connections. The show is brought to you by Gill Athletics, empowering coaches with innovative equipment since 1918. Head on over to gillathletics.com for all your track and field equipment needs. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, and it is my pleasure to bring you another amazing coach and share their journey with you. Our goal is to connect you with the amazing people who have chosen the coaching profession, and today's guest is a powerful example of the impact a coach makes on our world. Let's get to it. The starter has called us to the start line. It's showtime. Thank you all for joining us for another fun episode of Athletics LLC. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we've got five tiles on our screen today, and I don't know about you all, but I'm sitting here shaking in my pants. That isn't, you can't see it because it only cuts off right here, but under these, I'm shaking like a little, little baby. But uh, we are joined by someone who, if anybody has complaints about this episode, we fight. We fight on contact. I will fight anybody that has anything negative to say about this episode tonight. So um, we all graciously know her as Miss Jackie Joyner-Kersey, but thank you so much. She's the greatest of all. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this evening. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we have three other clowns with us tonight. We've got <laughs> Clyde. Wow. Lucius. Good evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you are gracing us with your presence. And then finally, Lamar the Pin Trader Sidlanta. I got that out way cleaner than I thought it would. <laughs> Definitely get a medal for that. I know, right? 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 That was a good one. <laughs> Whew. So that, that is why you are the ringmaster of this circus, right? <laughs> no question. We should get her a top hat. Oh my goodness. So all right. Uh, we're going to jump right into the fire um, to start us off each of us. Well, most of us are going to ask a question. And so hopefully it's, it's a little bit of a round fire for you, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Mr. Pinter. All right. Uh, so I guess I get to go first. Um, well, I will, I will, I guess I'll ask you all, but this question is definitely for Miss Jackie. Um, what in your opinion, are the three greatest track and field achievements ever, regardless My, of gender? <laughs> the three greatest achievement in track and field? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Ever? Ever. Forever, ever. I would say, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> have you to go have with... <laughs> Wow. Just three? Just three. <laughs> this, this, this is a tough, this is a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. 
So you can't worry about offending someone because you're going to leave something out and think about it later. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah so just careful. go for it. So, to me, I, I, I have to go with... Uh, oh, it's back in the day. Jesse Owen, you know, and... Uh, wow. Um, Bob Beeman. And then, you know, I'm going to say Jackie Joanna Kersey. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't say yourself, somebody was going to do it for you. Right now. Oh, trust me. <laughs> we are, look, Jackie Joanna Kersey is making everybody's list. So <laughs> <laughs> you have to worry about that. So, so, so my. Thing. Here's the thing, really quick, I just want to ask. So, Jackie. What do you think is your greatest achievement? I would say, ooh. That might be a tougher question. <laughs> yeah, but it's, oh. They have Teflon being tough as it is, you know, being able to go back to back, you know, gold medals and, and then being able to come back and win long jump, so. I'm gonna clap again. I'm gonna clap. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lucius. You were you were in the middle. Uh, oh of yeah, I mean, like you know, Jackie, your heptathlon um, greatness. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how you have, like, bolt. You just like bolt. I mean, just whatever, just bolt. And then, um, I and I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, with Flojo. Yeah. With, yeah. With, that that was magical. That was magical for me. Um, I, I guess I'll jump in. I think we all gonna have some similar things in there. Uh, for me, it, it actually wasn't as difficult as a question as I thought it would be. It came pretty clear, given the weight and the gravity of all of it. Jesse Owens has to be there for me. Um, I'm I'm kind of with Lucius Bolt. Pick a year, whichever Olympics you fancy, whichever triple you fancy for Bolt. You know. It, for me, you know, it's hard to separate any of them, but Bolt's Olympics are all special. He is, you know, the, the male sprint goat. And then the third one would have to be um, our guest, as she said. The HEP, the HEP is, is amazing, but to double back and with the long jump is, I mean, insane. So those are my <laughs> Well, I mean... Mine are pretty easy, and I wouldn't put them in in any order, even if I had a gun to my head. But it would be Jesse, Carl, and Jackie, simply because first of all, they're all single name people, and that should tell you where they stand in our sport. Secondly, all three of them, I, like it just can't be done again. I mean, as 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 incredible as Bolt's whole career is, for sure, like add the long jump to that. That's kind of my point, you know, like that's insane. And the fact that Jackie's still hundreds of points ahead of the greatest who are still trying to do it kind of puts it in perspective. And, you know, obviously I, I'm, that's near and dear to my heart, but if you just pick the, pick the events apart and look at the seven events, then you, then you're just, you, then you get it right. Cause you would take any one of those events from a single eventer, almost every one of them. I mean, even her eight was high quality. So with asthma, so, I, I mean, for me, it, that wasn't a hard question for me. If I could only pick three, 
it gets harder when it gets to like five. And then, and it's your question, so it couldn't be hard either. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to say that out loud. I appreciate but. it. I, he, he kind of lobbed that one up there for me. Since it was your question, that may be. All right. Well, good. Let's see how you do. Well, so Miss Jackie, my question was: Is what do you feel that today's female long jumpers are missing that makes the achievements in your era so vastly above what is going on in today's world of, of women's long jump? Yeah, I would say um, consistency, but then also rhythm and. Uh, learning the speed rhythm that will allow you to get the trajectory to get the height to get the distance so a lot of times people just focus on speed but to me I had to learn that long jump is a rhythm and that came for me to learning like with my basketball and how to do a layup I knew when I was going too fast I just shot straight through versus being able to climb when you're doing the penultimate and it's the same one, two, three, if you're doing a layup. So learning that rhythm that will allow me to get the, uh, the trajectory and the distance. I'm gonna replay that clip for every athlete that I have, because I say it almost verbatim and they don't listen, but I think they'll listen <laughs> if you, <laughs> having you said it. <laughs> would you, to, to extrapolate on that a little bit, would you, would you, Call that across the board because obviously your performances were gaudy and, and everybody's still blown away by them, but your contemporaries jumped consistently further than the contemporaries that are going on today. So would you say the rhythm answer applies kind of across the board? Is it a locked art in the in that world today? You know, I I think uh what I see today is that yeah, you might have a great jump here, but then you want to go sprint or you want to go try something else that the, the focus to allow yourself to become a better jumper because all of a sudden people see you executing well on the runway then oh i think you should try the hundred you know and then you find yourself doing the hundred and then you end up getting injured so then that takes away so then you gotta backtrack and come back and and it's okay to do a variety of different events but when it's your main event you know, you get your, your speed work up, your strength work up, you do, you know, your, your, your bread and butter event, making sure that you secured and that I know what it is. And then also the mindset. For me, I always thought in America, if I could jump seven meters, that's going to put me on the team. How can I jump seven meters consistently? So when I went to the bigger competitions, then 720 would come because I already know what it's going to take to jump seven meters. I find, you know, I talk to a lot of young people and they be like, oh, I want to jump 22. And, you know, they haven't consistently jumped 21.5 to allow themselves to learn what it would take to go over that hump and not be surprised when 22 come because then you're jumping for joy. And it's like, well, wait a minute. It's going to take 22.8 to win. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I want to piggyback in here. Maybe this would be kind of a sideways. We get some sort of a question. And I, I think and we talked about this a little bit last week, like the athletes kind of put these ceilings up there. And like, so I get criticized when I say things like, okay, 23 feet isn't far, right? But Jackie, you didn't think 23 feet was far, right? Like right. So 23 feet was just something you had to do. 
So I think part of the, the problem that Clyde speaks of is the fact that people think that 23 feet, they think that seven meters is far. So therefore they can't jump seven meters because they don't think it's attainable. So what was your mindset when it came to, you broke a lot of barriers. What was your mindset when it came to those barriers that you broke? You know, for me, I didn't put limits on what I could do. I really believe if I prepare and then push myself, not saying, because it was a time when I would say, oh, like when I was just first learning how to run the hurdles, how to go under 13, I would like, oh, if I could run uh, 13, 10 or, and then I run 13, 30. And so then I stopped thinking that way or long jumping when I wanted to jump 22 feet. And I'm thinking right at 22 and I get 22, I'm 21, 10. So it was like, stop putting the barriers, you know, let your body fly, let your body go, let it relax. And so that was my, you know, mindset. Because sometimes we get in our own way and, you know, and then we realize, uh, no, I can't do it. No, it's never been done. And there's a lot of things that you're trying to do. It's, it's never been done. So, but you're training to put yourself in a position because if you look at the competition, so if I'm looking at the competition and I'm looking at all of us jumping 22 five, then somewhere I'm thinking that I got to be able to jump 23 feet because I'm not going to be in the middle. I'm going to make sure I can jump 23 feet. So I would train and train, be able to go six rounds. If I have to come back, someone put a big one out there on me, then I got to regroup, not get frustrated with it, regroup. Let me come back and try to execute a bigger jump, thinking in my mind. Because if you think in your mind your best is 22 and you jump 22, then somebody push you, then all of a sudden you find yourself, man, I don't, I don't know if I can go any further. I like it. I like uh, it. Go ahead. This needs to be recorded and, and played back weekly. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing it's recorded. So it, it, there. Is. <laughs> it is. Uh, Ms. Jackie, I have two kind of fun questions for you. Well, easier than the last three, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, where or what would you have been had you not been a pro track and field athlete or the track and field athlete that you you were? Oh, I would be doing uh, my community work, uh, working with, with young people, people, you know, giving them my time because uh, in, in my way, I think I'm coaching, you know? And so You're I- You're life coaching. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. You're life so, coaching. That's so, awesome. Yes. Um, and then the second question I had was, what were your biggest obstacles after pro track and field? I would, my biggest obstacles, uh, I don't think I had any really big obstacles because when I was competing, I always was preparing for what I was going to be doing beyond my uh, exports on the track. So I was establishing relationships, working with people because I knew I was gonna go back in the community. I knew I wanted to build a community center. And, and so transitioning from there. And so I would say probably if I, if I had an obstacle, it would be how you connect and find resources to do the things that you need to do that others find it very hard to believe in what you're doing. So, so have you just taken that whole competitive spirit that God knows you have and, and just put it into 
like wanting to be have 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 the JK, JJK Center be like the best thing ever. Like if, that's you, my if goal. you just <laughs> it's going to be the best center ever. But you know the, the the biggest thing that you find from being on the track circuit, uh, recognizing that I have to always be coachable, and then when you transition and you running your organization is managing people. You know, because you have to make sure that it's not their vision. You come to work for someone that already have a vision and mission and that you want to help further that vision and mission. And when the two collide and they don't match, then that's when you uh, run into problems and managing people and while you're trying to pour into them, but then also you want them to be able to pour into the young people that we're servicing and the ones who we trying to make a difference with the families that uh, come through our doors. I, I have another question for you. When, when did you know, cause we see this a lot these days, we call them the people just hang on forever. Um, with all of your greatness and all the wonderful things that you did, when did you know it was time to, okay, walk away and start my life? You know, I, I, I knew right, uh, going into 96 because of the demands on your time outside of what I needed to do on the field. So one of the things I would always, Bobby and I, we would talk about was that when I can't give a hundred percent on the field and then I'm going here doing appearance here and doing there, but then showing up, then find myself getting injured that I knew that it was time because I gave my heart and soul to the sport. And when I was out there, I want to be out there in the best shape of my life. And then sometimes I would put myself in very challenging uh, positions because, oh, I had to go to this dinner to do this for this sponsor, or I had to go do this. And so making sure that I prioritize, but always knowing that I knew once I left the sport, I was going to be doing uh, my, my community work because I started my foundation in 1988 and it was just a matter of uh and then opened the center broke down in 96 and opened the center in 2000 so but that, that's a real good question because that's hard because sometimes we don't want to let go and and for me I, I'm, a, I'm a realist I know that's going to be someone else and, and no matter how great you become, you know, there's always people trying to pull you down, you know? So for me not to get caught up in that, that I knew, okay, it's time to go, you know? Well, whoever that someone else is, if you see her, let me know who she is because- uh, <laughs> uh, We're gonna go find her. We, we, all of us no. want to coach her, right? right. Listen, I, and I, I, I unfortunately have been like, around conversations when Carolina Clouse was coming through and around conversations oh. as, as Nephi TM has, has risen, like, and your name gets brought up. And I'm always always like, listen, stop that. Don't do that. Let that person be who they, who they are. Like, do not, under any circumstances, right. compare them to Jackie. Because what y'all need to understand is, if there had been someone comparable, Jackie would have scored 7,500. No. So, Leave that alone. <laughs> no. Stop trying to compare people. Look, it, I'm telling the truth. Jackie's smiling and laughing. She knows. No. <laughs> she knows from whence I speak. She knows from, 
Look, <laughs> we all try as coaches to try to get our athletes to do something that I think Jackie was able to do naturally, which is she was always allowed to be limitless. Like I've seen her train. I've seen her in meets where she was ready and not ready. And at no point in time did anybody ever know the difference because if Jackie showed up, she used to always say this, if I show up, y'all know I'm ready. <laughs> if she's at the meet, she's going to give me everything she got. And right. most athletes in today's world are not limitless. Like they, they, they train for a number or a performance or a range or whatever. And like, I never saw Jackie like, well, I'm in this shape. Like, I think I can score 7,000. Right? I think I can score 69. It was like, well, I just came to win. And, you know, we'll see how the points go. <laughs> I mean, just, just to speak to the, the genius of the relationship with you and Bobby and also to your greatness is, like, you had to give the world record a nickname to give you something to chase, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Bobby was always, I'm going to find me somebody just like you. I'm going to beat you because you won't work on this. <laughs> like, really? You know, you need to work on the high jump. You know, the high jump. If they're going to beat you, they're going to beat you in the high jump. So while you over there wanting to throw the shot put, the high jump. And he was right. When that last Goodwill game, you know, I was, didn't want to work on that high jump. I go in there and jump 5'8". <laughs> and then I find myself down. <laughs> and then I got to run that 800 meters that I don't really want to run. <laughs> Oh. Uh, he still won, by the way. Yeah, it was a tough one. Just, Thank just God said. for Sheila Burrell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's funny. I, I will say I've been very blessed in this sport, but one of the greatest blessings God ever gave me is I got to be uh, be around and on the same team as Jackie a couple times. And let me tell you something. There is no better person on this planet than this lady right here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Agreed. Well said, young man. Well said. Well, Miss Jackie, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been an honor. And I, I mean, I'm still shaking, so I'm, I'm going to play it off like I'm not. But thank you so much. <laughs> it's been so awesome just to hear your, your experiences and just your knowledge that you have. And, you know, I think that just hearing the coaches that will hear this and the, the prospective athletes that will hear this and be like, oh, like, it's not, it doesn't have to be harder than it is. <laughs> My coaches do actually tell me the right thing. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time tonight. And um, we will definitely see you another time and, and hope that you stay safe and healthy throughout this time. Well, thank you. And you guys stay healthy and well. And, and please ask me back. You know? Yes. Coach. Appreciate it. I mean, thank you. You have an open invitation anytime. Yes. Anytime. Yes. All right. Yeah. You got All me right. on recording. Yes, ma'am. Praise <laughs> know, my word. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Good night. Bye-bye. Oops. See? Don't know this internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I'm just like so glad y'all can't see my face. It's red. Oh, I was like, we definitely can see your face, sir. No, it's on the I, camera. That would ruin like, the format. Y'all thought I was kidding. Listen, J Jackie is like the big sister I never had. And I, look, if there's anybody that will ever get me to act right, regardless of what I'm doing, it's her. Always has, always will. Look, he well, we definitely need to have her back then. Uh, okay. 
I, you ain't gonna threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Look, Listen, man, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll just say it like this. Like, there are a few people on this planet that you absolutely and positively know are better at what they do than anything you will ever do in your life. And I, watching her, like, and again, it's one thing that's like, I was amazed at her as a fan, you know, like just watching that, but I got to see her train more than once. And yeah, <laughs> they don't want that. They, don't nobody want that smoke. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, the, one, the one phrase that comes to Jackie, she's just, she's a world-class human being. Yeah. In the discussion. Yeah. Right. She has mm -hmm. always been what you just saw. Yeah. Classy, nice, considerate of others. Just always. Whew. All right. Well, uh, let, let's uh, see what we can get boiling here, gentlemen. Um, first question. What's the greatest sports dynasty ever, regardless of sport? Well, so we just get the ruffle feathers the whole rest of the time on this show, huh? Basically, that, that was our nice. That, that's how we bought our way up the stairs. And now we're just going to plummet right off of them. <laughs> Go, go ahead, NYC. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going first? I mean, you don't have to, but you just have that. I know that I know that NYC look when I see it. So just, just go ahead. Uh, wow. Basically, uh, it was like, it's ready. Right? right? <laughs> I mean, okay. I'll take the New York Yankees, sure. I, I mean, I wasn't that was even so hard for you to do, was it? Like, it just, <laughs> broke your heart. I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily going to take that answer, but I mean, if you go try to punk me, I will take that. I mean, it's kind of well, hard. Well, don't, don't, don't let the West Coast kid <laughs> answer. I mean, it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to battle, like when one organization has won more titles than the next four combined. That's pretty good. Okay. And they've won more than a quarter of the total that have ever happened and the sports over a hundred years old. And, 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 and that is very, very fair. Um, my, my rebuttal to that, not being a New Yorker, not being an East coast person at all. When I hear the word dynasty, especially in the team setting, what one franchise did in the twenties and what they did later on, don't necessarily have anything to do with it because those are different players, different coaches, different circumstances as we go out through history. So if you look at it historically, sure, it's easy to say the Yankees, but the greatest dynasty in the history of sports is the New England Patriots. Salary cap era, I mean, nine, appearance, uh, nine appearances, six rings, the greatest coach ever, the greatest quarterback ever. You can, there is no harder dynasty to pull off than, than one in the NFL, given all the things that go along in those sports and how it's played. But specifically, the salary cap era, to do that in and under those circumstances, you're never going to see anything like it again. And the, ran, the run is absolutely over because the goats have now separated. So that's that's over. It's dead. Cam will not be reviving that. But that you sure? I'm 100% sure. 100% sure. 
as sure as I'm sitting here, that's done. But the, it, it's the New England Patriots. Love them, hate them, whatever it is, it's the New England Patriots. And as a non-Bostonian, I'm happy to say that to the New Yorker. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's cute and all. Wow. <laughs> um. Okay, so we went with straight homer with this the Yankees, and then okay, it was a back, a back door homer with the Patriots because we know he is the biggest homer ever for the Patriots. Okay, I mean, homer for the Patriots. Oh I, yeah, I, I you're, don't you're, 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 you're homer for the two goats, which we're not going to mention their names because they're just the goats. No. So. Are we going to mention so, the names? I'm, but I'm going to tell you this: and Tom Brady. There's a story that's in that neighborhood in the same little area that's better than that. Oh, here we go. UConn women's basketball. Much oh, that's a great choice. That's a that's a great choice. Great choice. We're kidding ourselves right now, right? So, great. like, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with Belichick and your boy. I mean, I mean, they're they're good, but <laughs> you know, and then and then maybe the best of them all that that I'm totally disappointed. Bob <laughs> McDonald, Arkansas track and field, the man won forty national titles. They don't get any better than that. Also so a great go, choice. So, so you going over there with, uh, with your Patriots, and you going over there with your Yankees, I'm going to ride with my man Gino and my man uh, Johnny. I'll see y'all at the finish line, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm again, look at it. I'm, I'm not bad at those answers. Those are, those are righteous choices. For sure. You know? But, you know, Gino, Gino recruiting – Women's basketball players, I'm sure he has an easier time than the NFL salary cap balancing. Are so, you kidding yourself right now? <laughs> Are you really kidding yourself right now? No, because everybody want to go to UConn to play for that man. That's what they did. Hold on a second. When he first got the job, everybody didn't want to go. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I'm not. And see, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go old school Homer a little bit too because. My man John Wooden at UCLA won in, winning 10 titles in 12 years. See, y'all, y'all young boys. I'm all the only one more dude. No, no, no. I, look, I considered it, no doubt. Like so I said, wait, who, I wasn't who, gonna so take Lamar, Lamar, who were you going to say since I punked you into taking the Yankees, apparently? Well, you didn't punk me into it. Your words, not It was a list. It was a list. I was giving some consideration. Look, my, my, my initial consideration was, was UCLA men's basketball. My initial, like when the when the question was first posed, that was my first thought. But I played it all out, and I went. I'll say this: the that dynasty for me, from the Yankees' perspective, is a hundred years old. That that's why it wins for me. I, I agree with all the points that were made tonight. I'll be honest with you. I think that dynasties within us within different sports are almost impossible to compare me personally so like I, I i think this is a personal preference question but i like it i know for sure that this one this conversation is going to be had on the internet after this show by others for sure good with it and i'm good with it well you know what we need an answer from you big league oh yeah uh-huh that's right caught her off guard uh-oh that's Dang. right <laughs> uh-oh I literally was like man i'm full from dinner that's what i was thinking about <laughs> Dynasty. Mm. Greatest dynasty. Yes. 
Lucius, you hard at work taking notes, boy. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so I, I have to agree with the UConn women's basketball. I do. That, that it was going to be a collegiate sport for me. Um, I'm tainted in regards to like, you can't pay for a win. Like that, that generates dubs automatically. And so I, you know, growing up in the middle of that dynasty, like how do you not just ah, all of that, you know? So I thought you were going to say De La Salle high school football. When you talk about not paying for a dub, then the Yankees come off the board because we know they have the, they have no they have no salary cap. So don't they? This don't is, they? Here we go. <laughs> they are the ultimate pay for the dub situation. Whereas <sighs> Belichick is famous for not paying folks. To quote my fellow Golden Bear, hello. You play to win the game. <laughs> Stop it. Herm, tell him, Herm. Hello. <laughs> you pay to win the game. Did you say you play or you pay to win? We both. Yeah, no. We said play. <laughs> I said play the first time and pay the second time. So we both. Yes. It's a professional sport, right? All right, then. Yeah. Anyhow. That was fun. That was, that was a good one. Um, next, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of female coaches? Woo. We go one at a time. We just want to go in a circle. What, well, what are we doing? We're doing? It's four, obviously, right? Yes. So, so you so you put your four out there. That's no, yeah, you got to go four. You got to go four all all through. Yeah. So, so class, since you've been waiting for this one for like six months, go ahead. Right. You got, have you I got been waiting for this one for six months? Oh, look, you, you almost jumped through the text message today. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> like, I got notes. Well, I got notes. I, look, I, look, I, thought, I thought I was a little kid watching my brother open his gifts at Christmas time. Well, bro. well, well brother, you, you will understand why. And I'm, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to go first. And, and, and Lucius, when I tell you, you will appreciate. Uh-oh. Appreciate. What, where I'm going to go with this for, okay. for, many, for many reasons. I, I believe you more than anybody right now will. Let, look, let me get my notepad In, in post-production, I believe <laughs> you will enjoy this. Okay. Here's my I'm marker. Ready. I'm ready to write notes. <laughs> I, I, know Lamar got, I know Lamar got his big red marker ready to go, and, and that's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. So for me, the, the it wasn't necessarily easy. There were, there was definitely some internal debates here, but I think I got a pretty diverse and, and spread out list here. Okay. First and foremost, the first person that came to mind was very obvious to me was Terry Crawford. Okay. Terry Crawford has to be on, on this list for me. Um, Terry was, you know, the one, the first female NCAA title, even though it was AIAW title, University of Tennessee women's track, okay? She won the first four SEC championships on the women's side. She goes to Texas from 1984 to 1992. She wins 18 Southwest Conference titles, five national titles. She's coached 12 Olympians and has 125 All-Americans. And we all understand 
in her post-coaching life, the, the important role that she's played within USA Track and Field, Terry Crawford's a legend, has to be on the Mount Rushmore. And then after that, <clears throat> I, I had to, you know, pull out the computer and, and, and do some research and make sure I had correct information on my hands. And, and I'm, you know, I, I, these are my, my other three here. Uh, Barbara Jacket, Prairie View A&M University, won nine straight NAIA outdoor titles, 22 SWAC titles, 57 All-Americans. She was the first female AD in the history of the Southwest Athletic Conference. And she was only the second at the time in 1992, a team I think Lamar might be a little familiar with, um, was the second black woman named to the Olympic Games staff. And for all of those reasons, Barbara Jacket, Prairie View A&M landed, you know, on my list. And all four, all three of my four ladies are, are, are in our, are currently in our Coaches Hall of Fame. That, that needs to be said about all of these ladies. The next person I, 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 threw, I threw up there on my, on my Mount Rushmore might be a little outside of a box choice for, for some people, but I'm, I'm putting Amy Deem up there. I'm putting Amy Deem up there. 14 national champions. Her athletes have won 14 national championships individually. 200 first team All-Americans. If you check the stats of any of the women worthy, Amy Deem is right there with any of them. And I'm a fan and I have her there. And then the one lady who is on my list who is not yet in the Hall of Fame, but undoubtedly will be, is Miss Carol Smith Gilbert of USC, currently of USC. Now, I want to focus on USC because on her USC resume alone, she belongs on this list. Um, Lucius, can you tell me how many coaches in the NCAA can lay claim to a men's 100-meter national champion? a men's 200 meter national champion, a men's 400 meter national champion, and a men's 400 hurdle national champion? None. None. Not one. Not one. Well, Ms. Carol Smith Gilbert has done that. Not only has she done well, that. I wanna say it again, none. Andre DeGrasse won the 100 and the no, no, hold, on, hold on a second, hold on a second. None, because Andre she does Carol does not coach the 400 hurdles. Uh, okay, well, I, we're not getting into all that. Okay, Carol, okay, all right, all right. So, 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 so in that case, then, I've done it. I know. That's why I asked you that so, question. So, one. Okay. So, in addition to that, at USC alone. We need, we need, we need to revise that list because she don't coach the 400 hurdles. No, sir. I'm not reviving that list. That was her. <laughs> this is my list. You can revise your so, list. You have a question. I get, that's my answer. She don't close I, and I appreciate your answer, but you can okay. give. Okay, 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 okay. So, so my answer is one. <laughs> okay. My answer is one. So I don't know why you started this with me. But 100, meter <laughs> national, 100 meter national championship on the men's side. 200 meter national championship on the men's side. Men's 400, 400 national champion, indoor and outdoor, and by the way, indoor world record. Men's four by fours, national champion, indoor world record setting team. And I don't want to hear about the, the uh, distinction of country that didn't give him the world record. That's the world record indoors, USC men. No, it's the world best indoors. Uh-huh. 
Four in the hurdles. Hey, that's what it is. If you look it up, it says world best. I hear you. It's the fastest time ever, but it's the world best. World record where I come from. Four in the hurdles, national champion and national record. They didn't teach you how to read in California, I see. So, 184 All-Americans at USC, 60 Pac-12 individual champions at USC, and prior to USC, legendary work at Tennessee, participating in all of their national championships during that tenure, UCF, Alabama, those are my four for my women's Mount Rushmore of coaches, Terry Crawford, Barbara Jacket, Amy Dean, and Carol Smith Gilbert. But I will, and I will come back to your, your other question. I, I do know, I believe that Dennis Shaver has done that as well. I, I asked you because I knew. Well, you well, well, okay, now I'm ask, answering you. <laughs> so we're up to three now. Only three. Two. Wait, what was the question? What coaches coach the what? Of course, the national champion in the men's 100, 200, 400, and 400. 400, 400 hurdles. It's a very short list. <laughs> and, and, and specifically, the reason that I focused on her male athletes for my rant is because, you know, in her specific example, most people think of Carol as a female's coach because that's who she's coached the majority of her career. But her work with the men at USC has been absolutely phenomenal and, and should get more attention than it, than it usually gets. So that's my list. That's my Mount Rushmore. What you, what you got for us, Lamar? Uh, ooh, uh, I, I don't even know if I want to follow that. I, I will say this. I, I, I do believe I'm going to drop the shocker of the night on Mr. Lucius. Um, uh, Terry Crawford is also on my list. Why is everybody uh, trying to shock me tonight? That's a good first I, I think that my answer, when it comes out of my mouth, will shock you. So okay. Okay. Um, Bev is on my list. And uh, the, the list of accomplishments is too long uh for me to talk about um just from a coaching perspective for a very long time she was the industry standard on the women's side um someone who made my list would probably be somewhat surprising is uh myrtle ferguson because i think dirty dog i think <laughs> her work dirty dog her work yeah. if you were around track in the 80s which that's why Mr. Lucius. No, the 90s. See, here y'all go with this. No, no, 80s and 90s. <laughs> no, 95 on. I'm old. So I, have I mean, not, no, I'm sorry, 90 on, 90 on, I'm sorry. 90 on, you are correct. You are correct. You, look, um, you're going to steal my pick, dog. Didn't just say what you did, did right now. Her, 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 work is a, her, her work is beyond parallel. I mean, and, and I won't even pontificate. I'll let you do that since I'm sure. No, no, I'm going to let you. No, no, look, you're the pontificator, so go ahead. I mean, <laughs> it, you start talking about these lists, Clyde, about, well, who has coached this, that, and the third? Well, I don't think there's anything Myrtle hasn't coached. Hey. I don't think there's a championship title she hasn't coached on the women's side. I know you said men, and I, that's why I said quiet and didn't say nothing. But if ever there was an industry standard from a from an assistant coach standpoint, um, I, I actually feel like I was remiss 
when we had the conversation about goat assistant coaches for not bringing up Myrtle then. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I, want, absolutely. I wanted to punch myself that night because I yeah. thought, you know what? I messed that up. Not that, so, look, not that BA is not the goat, but I will say this. Myrtle was definitely at goat status before BA. So if he took a title from someone, it may very well have been her. And my last one, I am 100% sure is going to surprise Mr. Lucius. Uh, I too am going to agree with Clyde that, that one Miss Amy Deem actually goes on the Mount Rushmore. Um, and uh, I, I'm not going to go on and on about her accomplishments because Clyde has read them all. Um, but at the end of the day, there, there, was a, there was a point in time where everything that Coach Deem touched turned pretty close to, if not gold. So um, I'll give my shout out to those four and uh, I will get out the way for uh, the Lucius train. I'm done with you. You're you just no mad because I'm almost as old as you. So I pulled you one off. You are no me. longer my friend. I, See? God dang hey, look, it. I have proof. There's my list. Oh, look, I got no issue with it, but you, <laughs> God dang it. I just knew I had you on Myrtle, man. God. <laughs> so anyway, so now that everybody knows that one of my picks is Myrtle, let me talk about my other three. Okay. So, you know, I, I, first of all, let me, let me give a shout out to Barbara Jacket because, you know, she was somebody I definitely, you know, thought, thought about. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Amy Dean, you know, because, you know, of what she's done and phenomenal job of dominating at the conference, you know, when they were in the big, whatever, East. And then, big East and then the ACC. Um, but you know, the part of the reason why Myrtle was one of my picks is because, you know, she was basically in charge of the women's sprints at LSU from 90 to 95. Um, and that time they won six outdoor titles with four indoors and her sprint crew was the major physicist behind that. So that's why she makes my Mount Rushmore, you know, and I, I think the only thing she didn't win a national title in was maybe the indoor 55 and maybe the 200, but everything else she won. They one year they had four girls in the outdoor final of the, of the hurdle, stuff like that. You know, just retarded stuff. They went one, um, two, three, I think twice. Yeah, just something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, Terry Crawford, you know, you can't say enough about Terry, you know, not just as a coach, but as a human being. And uh um not only did she do do good, she did well, she did it with class and still continues to do so. Um, you know, you pick up the phone and it's Terry and you hear that 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 sudden draw of hers and She's asking you to do something that's hard to say no. So, <laughs> um, and then, you know, Bev, Bev's easy. You know, Bev has more national titles than anybody else. She's got seven. Terry has six. Um, you know, Bev, you know, did it at Florida. Um, then went on to Texas and had a great run there as well. And then, you know, my, my fourth person is Jeanette Bolden. You know, she led UCLA to three national titles. And uh, she's also three of my four are also in the Hall of Fame. And, um um, you know, I'm a little bit, I'll be, I'll admit, I'm a little bit of a homer from the Jeanette side um, because, you know, she and I, you know, she and I are good friends. And she um, was someone when I became the head coach here on the men's side that she called me. And, you know, her and Beth took um, being a successful head coach. Um, she actually gave her for the job and she, she um, she came by to see me midway through her interview and we had a long talk then. And then when she got back to LA, she said to me, you know, you're going to get that job and this is what you got to do to be successful. So um, I'm a little bit of a homer there because of our personal relationship, but you know, she's coached three national championship teams. 
and you know she's in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's the only thing that puts her on there for over Amy for me because that was that was my toughest one, you know, because she's got the three national titles, and Amy, I think Amy's got a couple of top fours. So, yeah, I I didn't think anyone else would name Barbara Jacket. I knew someone else would name Mert. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that Miss Jacket got her. See, I, I thought I was going to sneak Myrtle in there because when I should know with you two, I should know better. Yeah, I should know better. I mean, we're, we're on this panel for a reason, right? right. In theory. Right. right. In theory. Right. Hopefully we educated some folks because I hope to God people go back and start looking at LSU from the 90s. You better yes. recognize. Yeah. And, see, and, coaches, and, and, and that same thing, like, you know, the things that Amy was doing in the late '90s and early 2000s at Miami, you know, like she she wasn't nice to folks. You know, she wasn't nice to folks at all. You know, and then again, Bev and Jeanette, you know, Terry, they speak for themselves. But uh, you know, and I, and I don't think Barbara gets the credit for what she did over the years at Brady. And, and you know what? I just, it just hit me, and I'm glad it hit me before we ultimately went off camera. We all threw Amy's name out there, and we not one of us mentioned maybe. Her top accomplishment, which is Lauren Williams. Maybe. Lauren Williams. Lauren Williams is, I was like, that ain't a maybe. Ain't I mean, maybe. no, but I mean, because we were all talking in the in the context of <laughs> stuff, but like Lauren Williams is a special, special human being, and you know, I mean, I, I've always been a huge fan of Lauren Williams, and but watching her go out there and do what she did over those years was, you know, so so I remember Lauren's senior year, Amy and I were both up in. New York recruiting the national high that national high school meet up there, and she goes, "I want you to come watch this girl run." And so she, you know, Laura walks by, and I'm like, oh, "Okay," and then she did a start, and I was like, "Ooh," <laughs> you know. And Amy's like, "Yeah," she said, "Nobody's paying attention because she didn't know what to do with it." And then you know, three years later, she's the Laura Williams, or two years later, she's the Laura Williams that Amy thought she could be. But like Laura ran like eleven seven in high school. And there, there is a, if anybody, you know, are YouTube fans out there, there is a phenomenal video of Lauren Williams in high school running a four by one. Yes, there is. It is <laughs> it's one of the most yes. disrespectful things you will ever see in track. Yes. So far back, like off the screen back and just, my man, yeah. you got to find that video. <laughs> and that's, you know, Amy has that eye. And um, she definitely saw that one. You know, she, she did that with a lot of girls you know, from down in the Miami area and, you know, she's done great work with girls up in the East Coast. So now she's definitely uh, Mount Rushmore worthy. Do we have any honorable mentions? We mentioned them. Got covered by the other gentleman. Yeah, we, co we covered it. them. All right. Just giving you a second to process that because usually after you guys are like, oh, wait. So. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. I know. <laughs> see, I was given those gray hairs a moment, so just see. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, clearly that wasn't a jab at either one of y'all. I'm the only one with gray hair on the panel. Are you no, kidding me? They all have, you oh. all have gray uh, hair. What are you saying? <laughs> you have gray hair. my mustache? I don't know. Just my mustache? Oh, okay. <laughs> Facials. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate oh, that. Was, out, yeah, yeah. That I was funny. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that was funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, let's uh, well let's let's remind everybody that we all have great 
blood beating hearts and they're not black. So um, this week or tonight, let's start off with our, or let's end, I'm sorry, with our heartbeat props. Do we have anybody that's jumping out of their seats to go first? Oh, so we didn't, we're not doing the rapid fire before the heartbeat props? So we can. Yeah, like you can't, like you can't do anything, anything after the heartbeat props. That's what's going to be almost crying. You can't. Come on, Big Lee. Okay. So you're going to be rapid fire and we're going to be finding tissue, like, you know. Okay. So <laughs> I can't do rapid fire for all three of you because then you're going to be conditioned for the question. So right now I have a number between one and 20 in my head. Whoever oh. gets, whoever gets the closest to that number gets Rapid fire. Oh it's, oh, it's rapid fire hot seat. Oh man. Yes. It's. Oh. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So, like, how many questions do you have? Five. Okay. So, why can't you just go around? Because then, if you rapid fire to me, you're going to know what it is. And therefore, you have got it's no longer rapid fire. I totally get that. Yeah. Like, yeah. These so, are... basically, one of us is about to get it. So, and next week, we will be off from getting it. And it'll be yes. between the, other, the others. I, I, I got you. Yes. Right, I got my so number. Number one through 20. I just wrote it down. Lucius, what's your number? 12. Clive? In, in Price is Right fashion, I'm going with one. <laughs> my, number was, my number is 13, and I can't take it away now. All right. Lamar, you're it. I knew it. Is it 13? <laughs> no, it was 18. Oh. I was either going high or low, and I, I got low, avoided it. <laughs> Ooh wee! All right. All right, Mr. Lamar. Let me let me, let me buckle in. So, I I initially had thought this was going to be a one minute process, but I thought that might be too hard to fulfill or too easy to fulfill. So I just went with a five question series. All right. Okay. Yes. Do you have a cup this week? I do not. Water. Maybe we should have got you a cup. I'm just kidding. Nah, we ready. Birdman <laughs> hand rub is ready. All right, ready? Which color, red or blue? Blue. Pineapple on pizza? Hell no. Sand in your toes? Love it. <laughs> um, oh, you just lost my other question. I forgot to write them down. Um, Get some. Shush. Uh, Sandals or shoes? Shoes. Pants or shorts? Shorts. Got it. That's five. Let's go. I'm way too. So, all right, what you got? You got five for me too, Clyde? I feel No, I'm just saying. Today. I'm just saying. I, that was way too easy. That was way too easy. Well, so they're going to, I'm going to evolve them. My, we the got to run that. We got to run that back. He's got to go back in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> because here's, this is my objective of it, is to peel back the layers. So everyone wants to have words about the three of you, about your coaching and who the personification is of you as people, right? But they only know you as coaches. So now if somebody wants to give something to Lamar, they know that he wants shorts, pineapple on pizza, 
Something blue. Or I mean, no pineapple. I know pineapple on pizza. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? So. Oh, I totally get it. You just, it just got to be harder for him next time. That's all. Oh, <laughs> oh it'll grab. Uh, I see. Or, Fine. I'll go back. Or, just make, just make it harder for Clyde next week. That's. <laughs> right. I, I'll go back in the pool, Clyde. Does that make you feel better? No, 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 no. We're good. No, you, you get back in the pool after when it's your turn. Don't be messing up stuff. Uh, wait. So, Clyde, okay. before we move on, is that a, a tie for Clyde? I have to ask. It is. It is. Ooh. It is. Very nice. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From the Midwest somewhere, I, uh, I believe. I have, to, I have to check the list. Very nice. I like it. I like you. Keep those ties coming, folks. I challenged someone to a bow tie. Oh, I got those on deck. I oh, got okay. those, on deck. Those, are, those are coming. Those are coming. Oh, there we go. I like there it. Go. I like it. All right. So let's let's just sh let's show a little more humanity. Even more so that not that we're you're not humane. <laughs> more than the last. Lordy, lordy. Are we? Um, heartbeat props. Does anybody who want to go first? Hmm. I'll go first. So, um, these two young people, and they are young people by biological age, um, stepped up for me huge. Um, when I was diagnosed in 2010 with cancer, um, I don't know if it's my selective hearing that I wanted to hear when my return date was going to be, but uh, I heard, okay, Marissa, you'll be back by March and you'll be able to coach. And that's definitely not what the doctor said at all. So like, as I was getting ready to leave the semester and whatnot in December, I was like, I'll be back before co uh, to coach track season and whatnot. And, you know, as I've said before, um, it was, I think, maybe six to eight weeks before I was out, like out for the count. And um, I had two, re one returning student and one returning student athlete who stepped up and, you know, they, they filled my shoes, one each, and they took things that they heard me say, they implemented a uh, a culture, not implemented, they reiterated a culture that I had been trying to build at that um, high school. And I think that that was my second year there. So it was still relatively new. Um, but they did it, they did it with grace. And they're like, you know what, our coach is laid up right now. So you show out every day. And after that, I was told practice was just like I was there every day. And that couldn't make me more proud. To this day, these two still are in contact with me. Um, I see what they're doing on social media. They're contributing citizens. And if anything else, that's what I want to be. I want to develop as a coach, especially at the high school level. That's what I, what I wanted. Citizens who can contrib contribute positively and um, make a difference. And that's what they're doing right now. Um, so one, Don Griffin and Rochelle Gu. I love you too. Goober, you're the best. Don, let's go roll in the caddy. Come on, let's go. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the Cutlass. I'm sorry, the Cutlass. This dude, true story, that his senior year, it was when whatever Fast and the Furious number it was came out, right? And it was on spring break. So we roll up to the movie theaters in Hayward, and everybody's getting out of their cars and whatnot. And little homie has a steering wheel in his hand. I said, what? I said, sir, doesn't that belong on the car? He goes, no, it's an anti-theft system. Like the steering wheel is meant to come off so no one can steal the car. I said, that is OG, triple OG. And that was my nickname from, from there on out. Cause I was like, no little like 17 year old knows this. Just 
and OG knows this. So I was like, okay. And from then on out, that was my little homie. So Don and Rochelle, love you guys long time. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, mine's kind of a, a, a combo of, of things. I think one of the cool things with the Heartbeat Props is the, the audience gets to know us a little bit better. Um, off the track in, in my real life, anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge political junkie. Um, and that this is a very interesting time to be, to be that. Um, the, the person that, that started me down that path um, is my grandmother, uh, Martha Acanero. Now she died a couple of years ago and, and truth be told, I'm still not really over that whole scene, but my heartbeat props tonight in the spirit of my grandmother, because this would be a time where she would be glued to everything that is important in the world is to journalism. Journalism is important and there's a lot of brilliant journalism going on in the world right now. You have to be willing to seek it out and, and care enough about you know, the, the media that you consume. It, it's cute in our culture right now to, to derive everything as fake news and act like all media is bad. And that's just fundamentally untrue. Journalism is, is fundamental to, to the fabric of this nation. And there are true, just fantastic journalists from all spectrums of, the, of you know, our political dynamic doing really, really great work out there. And you are responsible for the media you consume. So if you're going to be a media consumer and if you're going to have, you know, the guts to complain about the media, you should also have the intelligence to go out there and seek out proper information. And there are journalists doing really important work. And specifically this week, there's a lot of really important information that we all need to be um, aware of going on right now. So know the difference, seek out proper things. And I, I want to give my heartbeat props to the journalists that are very actively saving all of us from peril right now. Uh, I'll jump in there. Um, my heartbeat props is, uh, I'm about a hundred percent sure that this person does not watch the show. So I'll have to make sure that, uh, he gets a link, but, um, this person was the first person to believe in me athletically. And, uh, I learned a very valuable lesson from, from this person. And that lesson is if you believe in your coach as a person that they can help guide you to do things that you didn't think you could do even if they are not the most technically savvy person but your belief in them and your belief that they won't steer you wrong and they won't get you hurt and they will find the information to help you or find the people to help you that is kind of the quintessential thing that produces the marks. And uh, I, I moved from, from Indiana, Indiana, I moved from New York to Indiana at I think like age 12 or 13. And I didn't really embrace the thought of living in Indiana until the summer between my junior and senior year. So I was basically a boarding student. I came to Indiana the week before school started and I left the day after school was over and went back to New York because I just was not about Indiana. And the first person that, so I was an angry kid in high school. And the first person that, that ever reached me and convinced me to maybe see the world a little bit differently 
And I guess, honestly, the first person that I ever trusted um, athletically with anything um, was my high school coach. And <laughs> we laugh all the time because my high school coach was a religion teacher um, at my high school. He was a distance runner in high school. And he literally knew nothing at all about the events I wanted to do, long jump, hurdles, um, a little bit of high jump, those things. And so he said, we'll figure this out together and I'll make sure I drive you to practice and drive you to the meets and you'll get everything you need. And for whatever reason, because it was him, I bought into that. And I ended up having a pretty decent high school career, nothing crazy, but enough to get a scholarship offer from a few schools and enough to kind of get myself started. And uh, tonight, I guess the, the simple thing is my, my heartbeat props goes to probably one of the best teachers I've ever known, um, my high school track and field coach and religion teacher, Mark Worrell, Cathedral High School, shout out. Um, my heartbeat props tonight goes to a young man that, um, that I've, I've known him since he was 14, 15 years old. Um, the first time I ever saw him, I just squeal and I watched him jump up and run because somebody had hit him in the head with a shot put. He was taken off by ambulance and then he came back a couple hours later. And he grabbed the stick in the four by four and he ran the entire race in lane two and split like 46-9. And he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a freshman in high school. So I got the pleasure of working with him that summer. Um, he was, uh, he's, he, I think he was second or third. He's third, second in, in the country in the 400 for me that summer. He would come on, I would move over to Buell's high school the next year and he won three, um, uh, I'm sorry, three Florida high school state championships for me. He went on to have a wonderful career at the University of Florida, was an All-American, at one point was a collegiate record holder, and up until a few years ago was a Florida record holder. He was my first international guy. He made the junior team. Um, he is currently uh, in, a, in a big battle with ALS. Um, he, he's, uh, he's to the point now where he can't talk um, or use his hands right now. But um, he's still fighting every day. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Anybody that knows him knows him well. That there's uh, um, my heartbeat props are Tyrone Kemp, and um, Tyrone's would always say there ain't no party like a Tyrone Kemp party because a Tyrone Kemp party never stops. Okay. And uh, uh, just I love you, Ty. Um, I'll make sure you get to see this at some point in time. But uh, I mean, uh, just can't measure this man's heart and the number of people, the number of lives he's touched with his, with his smile, with his voice and with his laughter. So my RP props are to Tyrone Kemp. That's awesome. Thank you. Lamar, you okay? Yeah. You need to stop because you're about to make me get started. <laughs> I'm I trying you. not to. I hate you. <laughs> You're gonna have to hate me. That's my guy. That and you know that. 
that's my guy. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. So somehow we keep getting better at heartbeat props too. I don't know how we're getting better at that, but we're getting better at that. Man, oh man. Um, so with that being said, uh, gentlemen, as always, it's a pleasure. Pleasure sharing, hearing your ideas, sharing your thoughts is, are always great things for everyone to hear because you drop so much knowledge. And um, to only add the best icing on the cake tonight to have Miss Jackie Joyner Kersey on there with on here with us, man, I don't know, I don't know. I dare somebody to comment something negative. <laughs> like seriously, uh, seriously. Um, thank you as always. Be safe, be healthy, and um, we will reconvene this in another week. Gentlemen, have a great evening and be safe. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, the opponents smash the plumbing. But you like it warm, hot, knife the butter. Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love punch when the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see it, there's no others. Track the field's pace and we'll peel to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is actually talking to your circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no, won't last long. Pass a fail, then sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, LC, the task force. Ooh, wasn't that fun? Man, that's it, boys and girls. That's a wrap. What a great, great, great time I just had right there. I hope you did as well. If you like what you heard, tell someone else. Best thing you can do for me right now is if you received value, go share this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Smoke Signals, Morse Code, whatever you're using for your social media text message, old school. Let's do it, man. Really, really appreciate that. If you want to know in advance what the next greatest guest we're going to have, simply subscribe right now and whatever you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit that subscribe button and you will be in the know for anybody else. That's it. I'm out of here. Look forward to next time bringing you another great connection with another great track and field coach. Bye-bye.